fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you betcha it is. Welcome into the show. It is a Friday. It, it does not feel like a Friday, though. I have to admit, I have been going the entire day thinking today was like Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> I have been, I guess, so it's, I guess it's a pleasant surprise. It's the end of the week. It is a Friday. We get to enjoy a little bit. So welcome into the show, broadcasting live. Out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. All over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Happy Friday to you if you do get the weekend off. If not, then it really doesn't make much of a difference to you. Boy, we have a lot to get to today. We have Tracy Fenton. She is the author of the latest book, Freedom at Work. She is also the founder of World Blue, 25 years of leading with excellence. You can find them online at worldblue.com, B-L-U, worldblue.com. We'll talk with Tracy at the bottom of the hour, leadership strategy, transforming your life, your organization, and our world. Can you bring politics and conservative principles to the workplace? I think you can. We'll do that here coming up at the bottom of the hour in just a little bit. Also, uh, we have a lot to get to with the Biden uh, poll ratings right now. We have things going on in Russia and Ukraine. We'll get another update from we have Texas suing over mask mandates over airplanes. So that's awesome. We'll try to cover as much of that as we possibly can today. I want to start off with this, though, uh, kind of a fun story that I think you may enjoy for a Friday. I want to see if this actually works. Can somebody please try this? in their everyday life. Do something a little ridiculous, a little silly, and just see if it works. Because I bet it would. In today's time when everybody is a victim and you can just really say anything you want to and they'll believe it, hence a Democrat state convention in the state of New York with Hillary Clinton just yesterday, uh, there was an individual out of Louisiana that was accused of auto burglary where he was walking around. They have video of him where he was pulling on car door handles in a parking lot at an apartment complex when he finally found one, a 1994 Chevrolet truck that was unlocked and he ended up getting into it. When the police arrived and they arrested the individual, he said that he did it, but he wasn't aware that he did it because he was sleepwalking. There's a reason that I bring up this story is because my question is, will that actually work? Probably not. He was still arrested and taken away. But politically, could you use that excuse if you oh, I was sleepwalking? I mean, was that like Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> during the whole 30 years of his reign? I was sleepwalking. I didn't know what I was actually doing. I, I don't know. I was sleepwalking. Hillary Clinton, you know, with the whole Benghazi issue, Secretary of State, with the whole uh, colluding with Russia and trying to pawn it off on Donald Trump and handing the, you know, the uh, the Durham investigation papers over to the FBI. And, you know, I don't I was sleepwalking. I don't know why. I don't know why there's 88 individuals that have been confirmed as suicides that have worked for the Clinton Foundation or have worked under me or have crossed me in some way, shape or form, which, again, I have to be careful there because I could just end up getting in a car accident going on uh, driving home this afternoon. So no, <laughs> nonetheless, could Clinton use it? I was sleepwalking. Now, they try to use, you know, someone cheats on a spouse or something. They're like, well, I was drunk. I mean, it was an excuse. I was, I was drunk. I just, you know, didn't let my guard down. It just kind of happened. I'm terribly sorry. Sleepwalking is the official new excuse why individuals are doing crazy things right now. I was sleepwalking and I didn't know what I was doing. 
I have a fun story of sleepwalking, which I don't sleepwalk. I've never sleepwalked, at least that I know of. My wife has never told me anything of that, so I don't know what it's like. But about a month ago, little voice of reason, she's seven years old, for those that don't know, that uh, listen to the program, she's seven. We were, it was a Friday, Saturday night. The wife and I were up watching a movie. We were up a little bit late. It was 11 o'clock midnight-ish, which I don't usually stay up that late. But we were wrapping up, getting ready for bed. And we had gone into the restroom. We were, you know, brushing teeth, just getting ready to go to bed. And out comes little voice of reason out of the bedroom. And she doesn't go to the restroom. She walks into the room across from that, which is the laundry room. And inside the laundry room, we have a, a deep freeze with some food in it. And she walks in and opens up the deep freeze and is sticking her hand in the deep freezer. Now I walk by and I see her doing this and I stop and I look, what are you, what are you doing? And she looks at me, not really knowing what to say and says, daddy, I have to go potty, (laughs) which my first response is, please don't go in the freezer. That would be very, very bad. That would make daddy not very happy if you end up going potty in the deep freeze. I mean, if the bathroom is being used and you really got to go, then at least go outside, please. Don't use the freezer. But she goes, I got to go potty. I said, so what are you doing with your hand in the freezer? And she had no clue, no clue what she was doing. So she ran into the restroom, went her thing, and then went to bed, and it was all done. But I think she was sleepwalking. Because she, her hand was in the freezer. It's the middle of the night. She has no reason for it, unless maybe she was, it was hot or something and just needed to cool it off. I don't know. But she had no clue why she was doing it. She couldn't give me a reason and just said she had to go potty and then ran in and did her thing. I don't know. Very strange. So maybe, maybe you can use the excuse that I was sleepwalking, therefore I did not know what I was doing. If I come on the radio and start talking gibberish one day and have no coherent conversation with you in any way, shape, or form, maybe I can try to use the excuse of, hey... I was sleepwalking, wasn't my fault. And that's really how Joe Biden gets through his day every single day, is it not? (laughs) See what we did on that one? There we go. Joe Biden sleepwalking throughout his entire administration. Anyway, so the Biden administration actually has some pretty low approval ratings right now. As the latest uh, news from The Hill, The Hill.com shows that Joe Biden right now, only 39% of Americans in a recent political morning consultant poll approved the way that Biden has handled the COVID-19 pandemic with 41% giving him a poor to very poor rating. Here's the kicker. It's a CNN poll. That's coming directly from CNN. 39% of Americans actually approving of Joe Biden, and it continues to dwindle down right now. Now, what is the biggest issue that we're focused on media-wise, mainstream media-wise right now? Of course, it's the Russia-Ukrainian incident. We should be focused on some COVID mandates right now that are being challenged in court. We'll talk about those a little bit later. Uh, We should be focused on the economy and 7 to 7.5% inflation rates. We're not. We're focused on, is Russia going to invade? We've heard of some car bombings, I guess, that happened. We have people evacuating different towns right up there on the border. We have more military buildup. So they're anticipating a potential invasion within the next few days. Whether that's going to happen or not, I don't really know. Or it could just be a game. I mean, they brought some, they took some away. They're bringing some back. Who knows what the heck's going to happen? But here's the kicker. The Biden administration, who has kind of instigated a lot of this situation, they don't want the COVID thing to be a focus point because they failed miserably. They don't want the economy to be a focus point. They failed miserably. So they're focusing now on Russia and Ukraine. Here's the weird part about this story is that Joe Biden's not the one handling the incident. 
Blinken, our own Secretary of State, is not the one handling the incident right now. Who's handling the actual issue with Russia and Ukraine is none other than the person who's failed at every other task that she's been given throughout her entire uh, office state is Vice President, is Kamala Harris. As according to Reuters.com right now, it is uh, VP Harris that has gone to uh, NATO to try and talk about having communication and some type of uh, negotiation with Russia. The Russia defense minister earlier said in the day that President Vladimir Putin would uh, on Saturday oversee exercises by Russia's nuclear forces and heading to NATO unity. Harris said, quote, this is Kamala Harris, our own VP, an attack on one is attack on all. Spoken like a true socialist, quote, we understand and we have made clear that we remain open to diplomacy. The onus is on Russia at this point to demonstrate that it's a, uh, uh, that it is serious in that regard. I don't know why they're sending Kamala, because what is she going to do? I mean, she's failed at everything that she's done. She probably called Vladimir Putin Bob because she probably does, she has been horrible at actually doing prep for any type of speech or interview that she's done. And she gets mad at her staff for not prepping her when she doesn't really take the time out to actually do this. She's failed at the immigration issue. She's failed at actually handling any task force and actual the duties of the vice president of the United States. And it's not doing any good right now. But by golly, she's going to go to NATO and spout off and try to be the leader in front this situation when she has zero, and I repeat zero, any type of foreign policy experience. Now, here's the great part about this, is that Vladimir Putin has also come out and just said that he's going to do what he's going to, and you got to respect the guy, even though we don't agree with him, don't like him, he's a crazy communist, but you have a communist being talked at by a socialist like Kamala Harris and expecting to you know, get along in some way, shape, or form. I find that hilarious. And Vladimir Putin has really come out, which, again, you need to respect the guy because now he says that he needs to just become a little more economic, uh, economically sovereign, a little economic independence here. Now, we talk about it at our state level, so let's kind of use that as a reference. We say we don't want money from the federal government as a state. We want to be a little bit more economic, uh, economically independent, financially independent, so we can make our own decisions without the government imposing their will upon us. Vladimir Putin wanting to stop Ukraine from joining NATO, wanting to make their own trade policies and do whatever the heck they want to do without any type of interference from other nations and having sanctions placed upon them, really came out and said, fine, if you guys are going to keep doing this, we're really just going to become more financially independent and and economically sovereign with a nation because you guys shouldn't be able to tell us what to do as a nation. I mean, it's wrong and Russia's doing horrible things, but you got to respect the guy for actually standing up for his country, which right now we have half of our nation that doesn't want to do that exact thing within our own borders. So, I mean, hate the guy for being a crazy KGB communist, but heck, at least he's got his uh, priority straight, which is his own country, which is something that maybe we could learn a little bit about. While Harris is out there trying to spout off on how bad the country is and the United States is, and you know, then we're going to impose weird sanctions on you. I don't know if it's going to actually do anything for Russia. Now, the reason that Donald Trump and that Vladimir Putin got along was because they were both narcissists and they were able to really just, uh, you know, just have little spats at each other and get along because they respected each other. They knew they were both strong and bullheaded and strong willed. Nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying Trump was a narcissist in a bad way in that sense in any way, shape or form. I'm saying that he was very about pro-America. He wasn't going to back down. He was very bullheaded and very stern. And we're not seeing that right now in the U.S. All we're seeing, and we don't even know what those sanctions would be. 
all we hear is that, well, we're going to put tough sanctions onto Russia if they end up invading. We're going to put tough sanctions on this thing. Okay, great. What are those? What does that actually mean? And will they actually abide by them? If Russia's going rogue and wanting to become financially sovereign and financially independent, then what type of sanctions could we possibly put on them? Sure, we do a little bit of trade. Sure, we do a little bit of negotiation. Sure, we do a little bit of, you know, whatever. They could just cut that out and do their own thing. I'm telling you, Russia's dangerous because they have a president that just don't care. They're dangerous because they want to be independent without any type of oversight from any other nation, which is the way, honestly, that it should be. But he's the one actually taking the reins and actually doing it himself. The U.S., while we have this socialist mindset that we need to be uh, more global and we need to expand some of the trade, which don't get me wrong. I mean, trade's a good thing. We need to expand and, and have trade and work with other nations and have allies and have some kind of global communication. I mean, sure, we need to do that, obviously, but we need to be a little more independent ourselves as well. Not importing all these goods to where we're completely dependent, to where if they cut us off, then we're kind of SOL. We don't want to be in a situation like that. Russia starting to figure that out a little bit sooner. We're going to do what we want to, and if you try to put sanctions on us, oh no, it's like the blue helmets from the United Nations coming after us. Like, what's it going to do to me? So be wary because while I think it's more of a political um, uh, flexing of muscles to try and show what they can and cannot do, and I personally do not believe there's going to be an invasion. Could be totally wrong on that. Don't quote me on it. But uh, I think it's more of a stance of, hey, just we're flexing our muscles to show how weak you are and how strong we are making our own decisions. I think it's more of a stance like that. What are we doing? We're trying to spread this nice little socialist harmony, holding hands, sing kumbaya garbage in the world against someone who has no interest in doing that. And they expect Kamala to be the great savior, to redeem herself to take over for Joe Biden relatively soon. Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I have a feeling that right now we have Vice President Kamala Harris, who is on the last leg and a bit of an interview process right now to either do your job and get something done to redeem yourself, or we're going to find somebody else. And you're not going to last very long. Because, again, you got to remember the entire plan for the Democrats. Get Joe Biden in there, screw a bunch of stuff up, pass a whole bunch of crazy radical things, kick him out, have Kamala come in, take over, and continue them on. Because once you shock the system with some progressive values, people fight against it for a little bit, but then it just becomes the new norm. And, I mean, do you remember the way it was back in the 1940s or 50s before we started this massive expansion of the fourth branch of government with all the bureaucratic, the department of this, the department of that, the agency of this, the agency of that? None of those were there in, uh, back in the 30s and 40s. And we survived for 200 years without them. What a shocker. Right? I know, crazy. Crazy. But you shock the system. Everybody gets mad. And then they repeal a little bit or they change topic with the news. And then everybody forgets all about it. They continue to expand. They continue to grow. And we don't know anything about it. So that was the plan on a micro scale with the Biden administration. He's obviously not cognitive enough to think about every day. Maybe he's sleepwalking. Don't really know. So Kamala has failed every time when she was supposed to be the great savior, which, again, like we've talked about it before. It was kind of a dumb decision because she already had like a less than 3% approval rating when she tried to run for president during the same election cycle. But they brought her on because they say she's black. She's not. I find that hilarious as well. She's Indian and Jamaican. That is not African-American. So sorry, everybody that says that is just factually inaccurate. But again, they don't care. <laughs> they don't really care. It's all about just, you know, the appeal. She has darker skin. The, the, the people that claim they're not racist are the ones that are like, hey, she's got dark skin. She's perfect. That's what they're doing with the U.S. Supreme Court as well with the nomination, but they don't have enough numbers. Have you noticed that one completely went away from the mainstream media? Biden wanted to choose somebody by the end of February. You have a week, dude, and you're not. Why? Because the senator, the Democrat senator, had a heart attack or had a stroke or whatever it was, and he's not going to be back in for a while, and they don't have enough numbers to pass uh, approve anybody right now to get on the Supreme Court. So that one went to the back burner. They're not talking about it. They're not discussing it. We haven't heard a single word about it in almost a month, and it's just kind of gone to the wayside until they actually get the numbers up. But they want to do that too. So Kamala, while she was supposed to kind of take the reins, has not taken the reins. She she just bombed out it everywhere. You see her, if you notice the trend, in one year we've seen a trend, and it's very predictable, it's very easy. When a major issue comes up, Joe Biden says some stuff, and he gets the Democrats in trouble. Democrats and media try to defend him to a degree while trying to change topics because then the topical issue that was supposed to be the big issue is no longer something they want to focus attention on. They bring her into the realm to at least say something to see if she can redeem herself and come back in. It doesn't work, and then you don't hear from her again for another two or three months. It's very strange. I've never seen anything like this. If you remember, 
during the Trump administration, Mike Pence was everywhere. Mike Pence was there. He was the front and center. Donald Trump was out campaigning and talking to people. He was touring around the country. He was making decisions. He was like walking to the helicopter while he's stopping and talking to the media for 20 minutes and arguing with them. During COVID, he'd hold a three-hour press conference every single night to spar with the media and give the latest on what's going on with COVID. And right there beside him every single time was Mike Pence. Because he was leading the task force, giving information, daily information. And the media didn't want to talk about him because he was giving solid information. Hey, these are the case numbers. This is the latest we found out about the virus. This is what we're recommending right now. This is the stuff that we're doing to try and give resources to the states. He would give all this information. Media didn't want to talk about that. Hey, can you bring Trump back? Can we ask him why he, like, you know, peed on the uh, on the bed or something that Obama was in? That was the scandal. That was what they wanted to talk about. Mike Pence, they didn't want to do anything with him. So now we have a vice president that doesn't handle anything, that just sits there and makes a comment, does her little cackle. No one likes it. Her approval ratings go down, and then they put her back in the basement for another three months to wait for a new issue and be like, all right, we're going to try this again. Here's the red card. What color is it again, Kamala? Do you know the letter now? All right, we're going to go to the media. Oh, she messed it up again. Damn it. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I think that last segment was kind of a perfect transition into what we're going to be talking about for the last half hour of the program. Welcome back into the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Multiple radio stations all over the country, and we're growing. By the way, I think we have some new affiliates coming on relatively soon. Hang tight for that one. In the conversation, plus uh, welcome again to the OpsLens family, OpsLens.com, also on the OpsLens app and the OpsLens live stream. We're rocking it there all over the place on any of your favorite uh, live streaming sites. And you can always check out the website at HoosierReason.com, H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. So we're killing it, just doing what we can, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. So the leadership of the administration right now, Obviously lacking a little bit. We have a guy who's sleepwalking through his entire administration, the VP, that is pops her head up every once in a while to try to make a statement during some big topical issue, bombs it big time, doesn't know what she's talking about, and then hides in the basement again for the next two or three or four months until something else big happens. It's a very strange uh, uh, operation that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now, but it doesn't have to be that way in the private sector. 
What do I mean by that, Andy? Well, here's what we mean. Obviously, the private sector, you know, are, are supposed to be laissez-faire, free market, capitalist society where businesses can like become a business and you can make decisions and bring a consumeristic product to the market for people to enjoy. And uh, how do you run that successfully? What's well, tough with government regulations with red tape, but it's also tough during COVID, and it's also tough with generations that may be coming up that don't have quite the freedom or the understanding of freedom or the understanding of leadership the way that it needs to be. So let's get into our topical issue of the day. What do you say? What's trending today? And I'm super happy to have on the program. She is the founder and CEO of World Blue, which you can find online at worldblue.com. That's B-L-U, worldblue.com, and author of the latest book that's coming out here in the next uh, week or so. It is Freedom at Work, the Leadership Strategy for Transforming Your Life your organization, and our world. Happy to have on the program Tracy Fenton with us here. Tracy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Andy. Love that intro. You nailed it. Uh, Well, I appreciate it. It's so good to have you on the show here. This is so important because I think for such a long time, whether you're an employee or you're an employer, that you've kind of forgotten the power and the uh, decision-making and the influence that you have because – We've gotten in a weird, a weird place in the world right now to where everything that goes wrong is always somebody else's fault. We're massive victims now. It's the government, it's the regulations, it's the taxes, it's the supply chain issue. And we've taken away a lot of the power that we have as individuals, and we've forgotten about it, haven't we? Absolutely. And what our whole message is about is this idea that, guess what? We can advance democracy and freedom each and every day by the way we lead and operate our workplaces. We can reclaim a sense of power and develop our skills as democratic citizens while building world-class democratic companies in the process. Ooh, I like that idea. Now talk about what that entails. How, How do you structure a business to operate that way? Absolutely. Well, we've spent the last 25 years, Andy, working with small businesses all the way up to Fortune 500 companies in over 100 countries worldwide, teaching them how to lead, design, and operate their companies on the principles of democracy. Now, what do I mean by democracy, right? I'm not saying democracy like everyone's going to sit around and vote on everything or death by committee or the janitor runs the place, all right? So democracy, based on our research, is a leadership style, and it's a system of principles that, when put into operation, creates a company that can be agile, scale, and sustain and very sustainable. And so in my book, Freedom at Work, I talk about the three pillars that it takes to build a freedom-centered rather than fear-based, fear-and-control-based company. Those three pillars are freedom-centered mindset, freedom-centered leadership, and freedom-centered organizational design. I like that. Now, I'm assuming that with that kind of mindset, it would not be ideal when you're going to work every day and having a boss or a manager or somebody who's a who's an extreme micromanager who sits there and watches over your shoulder every day and try, tries to critique you. I'm assuming that doesn't fit into this model here. Not at all. That would be more of a dictatorship rather than a <laughs> democracy. <laughs> I love that. I love now do do a lot of businesses use this format and actually have input input from their employees and actually work in that way. Absolutely. Like I said, we've worked with small to large companies, WD-40, Zappos, DeVita, 
um, Mine Valley, Widen, companies in all different kinds of industries. And what they found is that when you give power to your people and you let them have a voice and you let them have a say and you're transparent with financial information and you're open and you're honest and you give people a sense of agency, um, they are loyal. They're excited to be at work every day. They're more creative. There's a greater sense of ownership. You know, these are the kinds of companies that are a bit more immune to the Great Recession because they create a culture that people love and they want to work in of all generations, especially especially millennials. Yeah, well, that was my next question that we were going to go to. So I had read a study, and maybe you can enlighten me a little bit more on this, but I had seen something, I don't know, a few months ago, a year ago, whatever it was, saying that, and I'm a millennial, I'm 33, that my generation would prefer a work situation or a work environment that makes less money if it's uh, if the it's a better working environment, if like you mentioned, the the managers or the boss actually uh, give them a little bit more say, it's a little bit more relaxed, it's a little bit more friendly, that they would choose that type of environment over making more money. Is that true? That's absolutely right. Money is not the driver for the millennial generation. Um, they want that healthy uh, work environment. They want to have more of a work life balance. And also, Andy, and you can speak to this, they want to have a sense of meaning in their workplace. Mm. Um, You know, what we have found in our work is that one of the principles of democracy is purpose and vision. Um, There's 10 principles of democracy, like accountability, choice, dialogue and listening, decentralization of power. But one of the key ones is purpose and vision. And the millennial generation and, and others want to work in an environment where they feel their individual sense of purpose for their life is aligned with their workplace. And when you do that and you create that kind of, uh, of alignment, you know, you don't need to do all these sort of carrot and stick perks and incentives to motivate people. They're already motivated because their purpose is aligned with the purpose of the company and it's what they believe in. I love it, and I and I love that strategy, and I'm glad that we're finding ways to excite the younger generations to want to be part of the workforce and to have a bit of a voice and to have, like you said, some type of uh, some type of messaging or some type of motive or some type of purpose within the company. Now, this isn't saying with all this and having more power with employees, this isn't saying that it's it's almost like like you said the commune where they get to run the entire place and you can't make any decision until everybody votes on it. There's been a lot of businesses in San Francisco and California; these are the places where they're like, you know what, we're not. Gonna to have a manager. We're not going to have a boss that actually structures everything. We're just going to open up when we want to. We're going to set the prices that we want to. We're going to order things when we want to and just kind of let the uh, the uh, inmates kind of run the prison, so to speak. And that style doesn't quite work either. No, I'm glad you clarified that. I'm absolutely not talking about sort of a laissez-faire you know, style of management here. You, you touched on it uh, a few moments ago that the word accountability. And again, that's one of the principles of democracy. No, we're we're talking about a robust democratic structure here. And you can't be free without accountability. So what we have found, and again, working with some of the top brands all over the world that are designed and structured on organizational democracy, is that when you work this way, it really expects and demands the best of people. It it invites them. Democracy invites us to be better communicators, to be more accountable, to uh, to be better people overall. It develops our character. And that's why democracy in the workplace is not only really good for business, which I can talk more about the bottom line in a moment, but it ripples out to affect the way that we go home and interact with our spouse and our children in our community. 
because it helps us develop as better people each and every day. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Tracy Fenton, author of the upcoming book, Freedom at Work, The Leadership Strategy for Transforming Your Life, Your Organization, and Our World. She's also the founder and CEO of WorldBlue.com, WorldBlueBLU.com. Go and check it out. Let's talk about a transformation. You go into a business who has more of the dictator-type mentality. They're scared for their bottom line. They're scared for whatever, and they want things done the right way. They want things done their way, and they're going to micromanage you to make sure that it's done that way or else you're out of here. I'm not taking your crap anymore sort of thing. How do you go into a business like that and transform them to be a little bit more productive and making sure that the employees are happy and productive in that environment? Absolutely. Well, that whole approach that you just described is what we would call fear-based management or fear-based leadership. So we got to help those leaders transition to being more freedom-centered by understanding what that is. And the place that we start is with mindset. You know, when I first started doing this work, Andy, I thought transformational culture was about changing the the design of the organization, if you will. But what I realized um, through a lot of experience and working with hundreds and hundreds of companies around the world is it's a mindset difference. And so we have a five-step process that we teach leaders for how to identify fear and how to switch from a mindset of fear to a mindset of freedom and possibility. Now, people aren't exactly running around the workplace saying, especially leaders or CEOs saying, well, I'm afraid. You know, we use words like anxiety, stress, or you know, inaction can be a symptom of, of fear in the workplace, distrust, disengagement. But the reality is that uh, the brain research tells us that the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day, and 80% of those thoughts are negative and fear-based. Oh, and so we don't realize how much fear impacts our decisions and our behavior, and that has a direct impact to the bottom line. So we always start with mindset, and we do that through our courses and our coaching that we offer to leaders and their teams. Yeah, I love that. we got to take a break here. Tracy, can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Awesome. I'd love to keep you on here. When we come back, I want to talk about that bottom line and how it does help the bottom line and how investing in those employees actually makes that better for you. It's Tracy Fenton. Freedom at Work is the book coming up here on March 1st is the official release. You can find it at Amazon. Your other locations books are sold as well. We'll do that when we come back. Wrapping up today for a Friday here on The Voice Reason. Lots more to get to. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last couple minutes here. Wrap it up for a Friday here on the show. I love these conversations because not only do we just, I mean, it's political, but at the same time when we're operating, functioning properly in the private sector on our own, we're doing things, we're cranking out, we're successful. We're doing our thing. The government doesn't have a whole lot of power over us. They can, And then, of course, they try to screw it up by creating more mandates and regulations on us. So that's a whole other story. But how to make your business successful. Obviously, COVID has kind of changed things a little bit. And a lot of people starting their own home business, trying to go off and find better opportunities. What could you look for in the workplace? Or if you are that leader, if you're a business owner, which I know you listen to this program, because I get a lot of your emails and comments. Uh, as a business owner in the private sector, how do you battle some of that stuff but yet make your business run as successfully as possible? And that's what we're here to do today. She is the founder CEO of World Blue, worldblue.com. That's B-L-U.com. Also author of the upcoming book, Freedom at Work, The Leadership Strategy for Transforming Your Life, Your Organization, and Our World. Tracy, I so I use this argument when I go against labor unions. I'm not a personal big fan of labor unions. I think that people have more power to make their own decisions on their own without paying dues to a union. But I use this argument that back in the day, they tried to say that unions really crafted the workforce today, which they did to a degree. But at the same time, there were individuals like Henry Ford back in the 1930s and so making these first vehicles that said, hey, you know what? It's way cheaper for me if I actually create some uh, safety procedures, if I actually create a five-day work day, if I actually take care of my employees better for them to stay as opposed to me having to reinvest more and more and more money into new employees with a high turnaround rate by having to hire new people all the time and then trying to train them and lowering production for a while to get it back up to par and then have to repeat the cycle all over again, why don't I just make the employees a little bit happier and then they stick around a heck of a lot better? Is this kind of what we're talking about? And how does that affect your bottom line if you actually try to go with that philosophy? Oh, that's exactly right, Andy. And I'll tell you, we had a third-party independent research done that looked at how companies that work with us that practice the freedom at work model, how it impacts their bottom line compared to the S&P 500. And what we found was that companies that practice freedom and democracy in the workplace, as we teach it, have on average... 700% greater revenue growth compared to the S&P 500 over a three-year period. So when you give power to your people and when you do exactly like you just so beautifully said, it absolutely impacts the bottom line. 
That's amazing. I didn't realize it would be that much of a substantial gain. I mean, that's huge for especially for a small business. It really is. You know, let me tell you a story of just how to kind of make this feel more tangible. One of the companies we work with um, is a is a very large multinational company. Sometimes people think, well, can democracy in the workplace only work in small businesses? Well, it can also work in large. This company has over 120,000 employees worldwide, and they had reached a point where they were going to need to save $100 million or they would have to let people go. They were operating on democratic principles. They had high trust. The CEO was a freedom-centered CEO, just like we teach. And so he decided to be open and transparent and let his employees know, hey, guys, we got to save $100 million or some people are going to have to be let go. And so what he did was he put it out on the internal blog and he invited ideas. He be- believes, you know, great ideas can happen from anywhere within an organization. Yeah. They, he got a, several hundred ideas came in and he and the executive team acted on 76 of those ideas. And instead of saving $100 million, they saved $260 million <laughs> and no one had to be let go. That's wow. the power and the ROI we can get from applying democracy to our workplaces. That is amazing. I love it. We got just about a minute left here, but as you talk to businesses, small and large, all over the country, are you seeing more businesses moving in this direction? And are you seeing businesses that are trying to be a holdout for kind of the old style? Well, I think we're in a moment of choice. You know, companies need to decide, are we going to be a dictatorship or are we going to be a democracy? And can we, you know, really take a stand and help advance democracy in our world through the way we run our companies? So I would love to see more and more companies embracing the philosophy that democracy in the workplace really is the winning philosophy. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, and right now with the mass exodus, with a lot of people leaving their jobs and actually, you know, with millions of people walking away from their jobs, looking for better opportunities, I think that this is something that's focal point and front and center for a lot of employees that they're looking for in their work environment as well. It's Freedom at Work, the leadership strategy by transforming your life, your organization, and our world. The new book coming out the early March. You can also find them online, worldblue.com. That's worldblu.com. Tracy, it's so great to chat with you. Good luck on the book. I got to get you back on the show again soon. I would love it, Andy. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Appreciate that very much. This is for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. We're back at it next week, all week long, with some awesome guests on the program. Make sure to stay tuned in for that. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change in your own community. And it's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Have a great weekend. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.